everybody, and welcome to Learning From Smart People. I am your host, Rob Oliver, and today my guest is Matt Shalava, and he's one of these guys, I've known him literally his entire life, and when I heard about what he was doing, I thought, I've got to have him on the show, and I need to have him talk about exactly what's going on with him. So before we get into the story of Matt and his reseller entrepreneurship, I... Matt, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super stoked to be here. Uh, it's an honor. It's an honor to be on your podcast. Hey, listen, no worries. I know you've got your own podcast that you're doing, and so I'm figuring you're a seasoned veteran, but in the meantime, I'm glad to have you here. Tell me a little bit about the uh, what you're doing. You're doing reselling. First of all, what is reselling for those of us in the for those of us who are not familiar with the concept? What is it? Yeah, so reselling is basically buying. I mean, you experience it every day. If you go into a store, uh, any place that you're buying something from is buying it typically at a lower cost and then selling it uh, at a higher cost to make money. So that's basically all that I'm doing. Um, it started out going to things like garage sales and stuff, and then you can go to retail stores. But basically, I'm taking items that have a lower perceived value either by the buy or either by the seller or the store, and then going to online platforms like eBay, Amazon, uh, Poshmark, and selling them there. Okay, so what, it starts off, you're going to garage sales, okay? Mm -hmm. And you're cruising around garage sales, are there particular things that you're learn as you're going through that you're learning like, okay, I need to keep an eye out for these things. Uh, are you just carrying your phone with you and compare like checking eBay for stuff? Like what is it that, how do you learn what is valuable and what is literally junk? Yeah. So I started looking on YouTube just to watch. There's a ton of content on there of people that have done this and they talk a little bit about what they do. But then when I go to garage sales, it's I'll maybe study a little bit the night before as to just different items I may look for. Um, but primarily I'll look for things like electronics. Uh, I did really well with like cameras and video games, stuffed animals, coffee mugs, like anything. And I'll just take my phone and whenever I see something, I'll go on eBay. I'll type in what the item is. And a lot of people don't know this about eBay, but there's a way to search the sold items and see what the comparisons are for how many times it has sold, how often, what the prices are. You just filter by the sold and you can see all the sales for it in the past 90 days. So that's all I do. I say, okay, this is 25 cents. It's sold six times in the last 90 days for 10 bucks. And then I would pick up whatever that item was and just negotiate my deal with the seller. It's awesome because I didn't know that there's such a tool on eBay. And what I'm used to is you look on eBay and you can see what things are listed for, right? And what things are listed as a buy it now. But I don't know what the percentages are. Maybe you do of things that are listed for buy it now and they never actually sell because the people are asking for too much money for them. It, do you have any idea on that? I, I don't know what the actual percentage is, but I would imagine it's pretty high as to people because that is what I did. I mean, that's what I started doing. I, I started with the buy it now and just looking at what the actual comps of items were, just what people had them listed at. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes that tells you the current market. But if you want to see what like people are paying for, Definitely filtering by the sold comps is is something that a lot of people just don't even know about. And it's literally always been there. I just think so many of us pass it up every time we're on eBay. Sure. So if you don't mind me asking you for your secret, yeah. uh, secret sauce, so to speak, like how do you find that particular 
piece of information? Is it is it a special way to search, or how do you how do you do it? Yeah. So if you're going on eBay and you want to filter by size or anything, it's just on the left hand side on desktop, and then on your phone there's like a little button up in the upper right hand corner that you click, and it brings over all these settings. And near the bottom of each of those settings, you can filter by size, color, uh, price range. Near the bottom, it says sold items. And you literally just click that checkbox on desktop. You click the little button on your phone, and it just shows you all the ones that have sold in the past 90 days. It's literally like a filter. It's just it's, it's right at the bottom. That's, that's awesome. And, and it makes it so easy because now you know I have this thing. I can buy it for whatever the amount is. And it's typically selling for whatever that amount is. And then you've got to figure out, is it worth your time to make whatever the difference is between those? I, tell me then a little bit, you're, you're going around and you're doing garage sales at the beginning. And then you graduate, in my own words, to go from garage sales to go to like retail establishments. And um, I'm curious, does it start off going to for lack of a better term, like discount stores like TJ Maxx or Marshalls or somewhere like that where you're getting things that are marked down to begin with? Or like, is that where you start? Or then do you go straight to Walmart or where do you go to get what you're looking for? Yeah. Um, I started at garage sales, like we talked about garage sales, thrift stores. And then as I kind of worked through it, I realized that there was a whole side of retail that you can move into. And so I started primarily at Ross and Marshall's um, because uh, it's just, I've always known about it. Um, I have family that have flipped sneakers from there. So I kind of learned it from them. Um, And then I started flipping sneakers from there and then realized there was apparel and just through a lot of research and stuff, found out that you can do it pretty much at any retail store. You just have to know what you're looking for. And so um, it's basically the same thing though. It's basically like a high end garage sale to me. You go into the store, you see, Hey, they're, offering this you can't really negotiate in the store they don't like that right but but um yeah you can you just go in there you look up the comps either on ebay or amazon and depending on what you think it's going to cost to ship and what the selling price is and subtract the fees out you determine if it's the best item to buy and then you buy it and so it's basically the same thing just different location i think though in the middle of what you said there you said a real important key that i want to hit on and that is the the fees and the shipping and all of that stuff. Do you have like a percentage number that you have to be able to make, you know, like 400 or 500% on this in order to cover those fees? Is there a number that you look at to make that worth your while? So typically I'm looking to hopefully make it, it, it depends on a lot of factors. I'm, I started out doing things very slow, um, hoping to sell things for the maximum price. Now I take a lot of offers and try and move things more of a fast nickel approach than a slow dime approach, I guess you could say. Um, but what I do is I take the item and I look at what it's selling for. And I take the average and I take 87% of what the average sale price is because you have about 12 of eBay fees right now between eBay and PayPal. And now eBay is cutting out PayPal and just doing their own thing. So usually about 87%, I look at that and subtract what the original price to buy it at the store is. And if that equals 20 bucks and I can make it very quick, I'll buy it. But right now I'm running at about 30% return on investment. 
Um, but my volume is is a lot higher than what it was at garage sales, where I'm making maybe 500 to 1,000 percent. But you, you know, you're maybe making 10 bucks, where you make 30 percent on a hundred dollar investment, you're making 30 bucks. So, just a difference there. Right. I mean, it's, I love the the analogy that you make about a fast nickel versus a slow dime, and then the fact that you've got this narrowed down to actual numbers to say what is what's the average selling price and then as you're saying 87 percent, and you're going from there it this isn't your primary job though right no no i uh i'm a engineer by day i guess uh that's my primary job and then i do this on the side in the evenings and stuff I, so how many hours a week are you putting in doing the, doing reselling i would imagine Close to about 40. I do. It's like a second job for me because I work when I get home, probably about seven to 12 each night. Um, so that's five, that's 20 hours. And then usually Saturday, Sunday, I'm putting about eight to 10 hours in a day. So it's about 40 hours a week. Uh, but you're, you're doing well with it. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very cool side hustle. Do you enjoy this more than your, than your main job? Um, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's much more exciting, right? I, I do, I do enjoy work, but there's things, I I mean, engineers, they do different things, right? They do a lot of, uh, technical work and stuff, which is good. Um, but this is just, it's always changing. It's very fast paced. Um, I kind of determine what I want to do with it. And so that's something I enjoy. If I want to source an item, I go and source that item. If I want to do something else with it, I choose kind of what I do. And I enjoy that a lot about it. Okay, what do you mean when you say if you want to source an item, what does that actually mean? So I, I don't know why. I don't know who started this. But in, like, the reseller community, right, like, you can find a community for anything. Um, within, like, resellers, for whatever reason, they call buying a product sourcing. Not like not like sorcering. I'm not doing anything like that. But <laughs> you don't have a wizard's hat or anything? <laughs> no. Um, but it's, they call it sourcing. And I, I guess it's, it's kind of like going to the source of who's selling the product to sell it. I, I'm imagining that's where it comes from. Uh, but it's just like kind of something I've taken up saying is, is sourcing a product. That's just how people say it for some reason. Okay. Uh, makes perfect sense. Like I said, I, this is an area that I don't know a whole lot about. And just trying to understand even some of the lingo is helpful to me. If there's somebody out there and they're thinking like, this sounds really cool. Um, like how difficult is it to start your own kind of side hustle as a reseller? It's, I mean, I started with probably, I would say about 20 to 30 bucks. And so the cost of entry is super low because you're going to places like a garage sale or a thrift store where most things aren't that expensive anyways. So the cost of entry is low. The, the biggest thing that you have to be able to dedicate is time because there's a lot to learn with it. Like you had touched on before, shipping fees and stuff, they're not going to sink you. But if you're doing bigger items or maybe you don't realize how shipping works, which I didn't when I started, there's a lot of times where you end up going to ship something one way and find out, well, media mail is only used for media like books. I can't ship a coffee mug with media mail. I'll, I'll get it sent back. Right. Um, you, you can make a lot of mistakes, but the biggest thing is time and effort that you're putting in. 
but it's not difficult to start. You just have to, to be dedicated to it. I would say about three months, three to six months, and you really get your feet wet. You learn what you like to do, and then you can be off and running and doing, you know, a higher volume. It's, it is both simple and genius all at the same time. Matt, it, I love what you're doing. So then you're doing these different kind of, you're doing garage sales, you're doing retail. Um, are there like particular areas of, you're talking about electronics and like, do you kind of have some specialty areas that you're settling into or is it just kind of whatever is on, whatever's hot right now? So it's a combination of both. So I do a lot of sneakers. I had started with Ross and Marshalls and doing things there. Um, now I'm doing a lot more of sneakers from sites like Nike that do releases weekly. Um, and then sneakers from those same sneakers, but maybe they release on other sites like Shopify sites and stuff that are set up with big retailers that have a deal worked out with Nike. So Sneakers are probably, I'd say, about 30 to 40% of my business. And then the other side is what's hot right now. So um, there's just tons of items. And especially this year, there's so many people stuck inside, right? There's just so many people with boards. So uh, so many items have popped up that people are just looking for stuff to do that are sitting on retail shelves here um, that you can sell on eBay and stuff. And so that's what I've been doing a lot. There's just so many items that are available right now. It's kind of what's the next hot thing for me. So how do you how do you track those trends? How can you how can you be the guy who says like I've got the stuff to sell that's hot right now and not be the guy who's like, yeah, I have 50 boxes of this junk that I thought was that was hot last month, but it's not hot this month. I'm I'm a combination of both of those guys. <laughs> so um there is back in fall of 2019 there is a guy on Instagram who I followed and he had a pretty big following and he had a discord group. So it's like Slack, uh, which is a business kind of uh, communication platform, but it's discord and it's more for gamers. Uh, but he has taken this and there's a lot of groups out there like this that basically there's a couple people that run them. They do a lot of the research and, and that kind of a thing where they'll go out and they'll look for items. Uh, that's their primary job, and they're charging people anywhere from thirty to sixty dollars a month. Maybe a thousand people in a group—they're making their money on these groups. Right. But we're making our money because it's you know it's a for me it's a forty dollar investment a month, uh, but I make so much off of it because he's out there doing a lot of the research and stuff. And then from there, I can go on Instagram and, and look into my own things as well from other accounts and stuff. Sure. So. What you're saying is there are people out there who are doing the research for you and it's um, you know just a matter of finding them and becoming part of that group and and at the same time i what i'm hearing you say is that's kind of like it, it there are tiers to it right where your base input tier is when you just get started you're cruising garage sales and thrift stores and seeing something that's like hey this is cheap and it looks cool and i think i can sell it but then as it becomes more of a business, you're getting into where you are, you're doing the research yourself, but then when it, you know, the more serious you become, you're able to say, I'm, my job is to go get the stuff. I need someone to do the research to tell me what it is that I need to get. Is that a, a good description? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, the only next tier up would be me doing the research and having somebody else get it for me, which would be nice. But, um, yeah, well, 
you know, maybe that's something uh, that's the next level or something that, that you can work on. So when, when you're going out and you're doing this, you mentioned the different platforms that you're using to sell uh, the various items that you have. What are those platforms and how do you determine what is the best fit for each of them or, or is there a best fit for each of those areas? Yeah. Um, I sell on eBay and eBay is honestly like 90 to 95% of what I sell on. I, I love eBay. It's super easy to work with for me. Um, they're just good. They're good there. They're always easy to work with. So eBay and then Mercari is probably my next biggest one. It's like a smaller, lesser known platform. Lots of millennials on it, which is good because millennials like to pay up for things. Um, then you have Poshmark and then I do a little bit of Amazon and determining what goes on which platform kind of goes based off of the comparisons and trial and error. I mean, I found that stuffed animals and coffee mugs would flip on Mercari for me much easier than eBay, which was a little bit strange. But if you think about it, there's a lot of millennials who had these same stuffed animals that I'm buying at garage sales that either want to buy them for their kids or just want the nostalgia of having that stuffed animal they had as a kid. Um, where eBay, you know, everybody's on there. Amazon, everybody's on there. It's, it, it's different because the group that you're selling to changes per platform. Got it. So, and in some ways, what I'm hearing you say is that that again is a learning curve where you're going to see that there are certain things that are selling better on one platform than another. And then um, it's going to, it's going to be based on, I guess, who the audience is that's on those different platforms and kind of laying that all out. I, it yeah. makes a whole lot of sense. And again, this is an area that I knew nothing about and I'm fascinated. Uh, you talked about the, the tools of having somebody else doing the research. Are there other tools that you use as well? Yeah. Um, so I use being like going to school for engineering. We did Excel a lot. So the first thing that I did when I started this was created a spreadsheet that over time has grown far beyond what I ever thought it would be. At first, it was just tracking my sales, but I had built in since then I've built in like a bunch of automation and stuff that uh, if I wanted to, I could almost do my taxes through it. That's that's just how I've set it up. So that is a huge help because it does all of the work for me. I simply click on a drop down menu what platform it sells on. I put what the item cost, what it's sold for, and then it does all the rest of the work. So that's that's very easy for me. That's a huge help. And then from there, there's some other things that I use, some different software, like different bots and stuff to buy items online that make things a little bit easier. Okay, so with a bot, is that something where you're setting a price and telling it to, to buy it if, as long as it's below this price? Or, or what is that and how does it work? So with the group that I'm in or with any research that you do, there's items that are hot at Walmart, Target, or maybe a pair of sneakers is coming out on a website. And it's very difficult and competitive to get these items, mainly because Walmart and Target, let's say you wanted to buy this iPhone right here, and let's say it's sold out everywhere. They'll restock items online at weird times of the day in weird quantities. So three in the morning, they restock five iPhones. Nobody knows why they decided three in the morning, but that's what they do. And so if you're asleep, you're not going to get that item. But whatever person is up at 3 a.m. waiting for that item to restock is going to get it. Right. So to combat that, people have created software programs that are basically like a, a Windows 
program. It looks and plays like any Windows program would, but you basically put the website address into, uh, they're called tasks, and they just basically buy the items for you. You put the website in, and then you hit go, and you put, you have to play with it a little bit, put how fast you want it to check out, because, I mean, if you check out on Walmart, if they load that phone up and you check out in like 0.2 seconds, they're going to realize nobody's that quick. So you have to, you, you kind of have to uh, play with it a little bit. And, but that's what it does. They basically do the work for you. They're not an automatic, they're not perfect, but they make things a lot easier. Okay. Well, Matt, it sounds to me a little bit like that concept that you had where you are doing the research and people are going out and buying things for you. It's not people yet. You've got robots going out there and, or, you know, or software programs going out there to buy the items for you, which sounds to me like you're, you're moving in the direction that you were really uh, thinking about from the beginning. That's a really cool thing. So how do you, how do you like market yourself? And is it just a matter of putting it on the different marketing platforms or are you doing social media or like, what are you doing to, to help promote the business? So the business is primarily promoted through the platforms. That's what I do. Um, I do a lot of social media, but that's more of an educational thing, just something I like to do um, and to kind of build awareness for reselling. But the platforms, eBay, Amazon, they have so much traffic that for me to almost like spend money either on like an Instagram ad or to do like other sorts of advertising, I'd almost be competing with them because they're already doing that anyways. Sure. So it sounds basically what you're doing is you put it on the platform and let them, let them basically market it for you. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, and here's the, the other thing that I thought was really cool that you're doing. And that is you're doing a podcast as well about reselling. Tell me, is that, is that just you talking about what you have for sale or is that you sharing tips or what are you doing with your podcast? Yeah. Um, so sometimes I'll talk about things that are for sale. Sometimes I won't because they're uh, super hot. And if you get enough people buying one item, you have people who get scared of having a lot of one item and tank the price down to where it's not really resellable anymore. So I don't typically talk too much about some of the items if they're, they're hot right now. But um, I basically talk about different ways to educate people or different ways that I'm trying to educate people on reselling. Um, things like how to buy sneakers on Nike, things like how to uh, sell on eBay, different things that I've encountered that I didn't know about. Um, basically giving people a, a way to find out the things that they'll do wrong before they do them. That way they don't make the same mistakes that, that I have trying to, to learn, hopefully educate them before they make a mistake or help them find out quicker about a, a way to make money. Dude, that is like the ultimate kind of give back where you have learned all this stuff and instead of you know just keeping it to yourself and being like this is this is my experience and i paid the price by having to go through this you're willing to share some of that expertise and and help people along and so that's very commendable and you know i think it's so what is the name of your podcast um the name is road to freedom pod and it's kind of i'm i'm very i mean you can see from the hat i'm, I'm very big into being patriotic and it kind of fit with my personal brand as well as the road to financial freedom. I think a lot of people are kind of on that road. 
I'm I was on that road and I still am. And so it kind of meshed well with either both my personal and kind of what I do with my business. All right, and I'm I'm assuming that that's on pretty much all of the uh, podcast platforms that are out there. Yeah, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, it's on all of them. Yeah. Well, good. So, um anybody who's listening Whatever platform you're listening to, learning from smart people on, you can feel free to tool around and look for uh, Road to Freedom Pod with Matt Shalava, and uh, you know, hopefully you can learn something there. I, Matt, I guess, is there kind of like just one piece of advice that you would give to anyone who is starting this or thinking about starting this and saying, hey, here's the one thing that I... I wish somebody had told me when I started and this would be something that'll save you in the learning curve or get you started in the right direction. Yeah. Um, well, research is key and coupling that with the, the idea that if you work hard enough at this and you give it enough time to where you're putting in the effort day after day, um, it will pay off for you. I think a lot of people, they start slow and that makes sense. You don't either have a lot of money or you don't know what to buy. And so it's very frustrating. I ran in the negative for months. I mean, probably three or four months where I didn't know and I was trying and, and failing a lot. And if you stick with it long enough, it will pay off to where you're not just making a couple, a couple dollars in a week or a couple dollars in a month. If you stick with it, you go and, and do the right, um, do the things you need to do day after day. It pays off in dividends uh, months down the road. Got it. It's one of those things that, kind of failure is is what you learn from and in some ways you're paying the price for education that way but if you stick with it the what you're learning is going to be ultimately profitable in the end matt thank you so much for being on today and thank you for just being completely open and sharing what you're doing Uh, it really really cool um you mentioned your uh social media stuff and uh, i will put all of the links to that down in the show notes so that people can follow you. And I will see if I can put a link to your podcast as well. Hey, fantastic. Listen, you have shown that you are smart. I have learned from you. It is now time for three questions to establish your humanity. Are you ready for this, my friend? Oh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, who would play you in the movie of your life? Um, Oh my, that is a good question. Uh, if I could have anybody play me in the movie of my life, if I got to choose, I'm going with Tom Cruise, okay? I don't think you could pick anybody better to play you in a movie. He's he's just, the guy is super chill. I, I would be perfectly happy if Tom Cruise were to play me in a movie. Fantastic. Uh, if you could only teach one thing to your future child... What would you want to teach that child? Um, I think kindness is is massive. Uh, I don't think a lot of people really realize how powerful it is to to be kind in all aspects of your life, whether you're uh, trying to teach somebody something or trying to have patience. It all kind of wraps into that. I think that that would be the one trait that I try and instill into them because it would carry them through the rest of their life. Dude, that is an awesome answer. I, I love it. I was, I was expecting, you know, because we're doing entrepreneurial stuff and business stuff, and you know, you're talking about people that being, you know, kind of 
having some perseverance to, to work through this. And um, you went in a total different direction than what I was expecting, but I, I love it. It's fantastic. All right. So one of the other things that always comes up on this show is food. And the reason it comes up is because I ask about food because it's very important to me. When you were away at college, what was the one meal that you missed the most that I, it could be like a dad cooked, mom cooked, that the food that you couldn't get at college that you couldn't wait to get home to get? Yeah. Um, being from Pittsburgh, the, the biggest thing I like to do, um, either home cooked or, or not was to go with my family to Pramani brothers and get a Pramani sandwich. That was when, when I came home, that was one of the biggest things that we love to do. You can't, you can't beat it. And a lot of people think it's weird, but when you got French fries and coleslaw on top of a sandwich, it's the best. And that was one of my favorite things to do coming home from school. Cool. Uh, so what is your go-to Permani sandwich? The Pittsburgher. It has to be the Pittsburgher. Awesome. Hey, Matt, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, listen, you've shared a lot. So to all my listeners, I will say thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow us on social media, and I will remind you, as always, that when you stop learning, you stop living. Have a great day, everybody.